What is up? DGAFers. Today we are talking the basics of understanding your menstrual cycle. Yes, there are so many benefits to this. We really get into in this episode, the education that we got when we were learning about our periods versus the education that we should have gotten. I feel like that's literally what this episode is about. Yes, it's giving you all the basis, basic knowledge that we wish our sex ed teachers would have taught us. Yeah, and that's because there's so many benefits to really understanding your female cycle. And because of our society and and what we've been taught, very few women are actually leaning into that and utilizing it to, to the fullest potential. So we really talk about the benefits of that in here. We talk about the differences between the two clocks. We have your circadian clock and your infradian clock, which is the clock that many, many women ignore, not on purpose, but it's just because of a lack of education. Um, And then we dive into the four phases of your menstrual cycle and really just talk basics in terms of what's going on with your hormones and your energy levels and how it's all connected and really how you can utilize that to really stop feeling so overwhelmed and guilty and stressed and burnt out and, and start living in flow. Yes, we have a free download as well that will be linked in the show notes. It has a little information about the basics. If you like to see things in text form versus hearing, we do have a very brief overview of the two different clocks in this free download um, and some other basic information. We talk about the four phases in the download, but we also include exercise and how to use your menstrual cycle to optimize your exercise experience. So if that's something you're interested in, go ahead and click that link. We have that, like I said, in the show notes, we also have it on our Instagram page at fit.and.social linked in our bio. And we will also be educating behind the scenes and email more so about your cycle. Yeah. So go grab that if you haven't yet. And really, I mean, this all, we really wanted to do an episode on this because it all ties so much in with just intuitive wellness, getting to know yourself. We've talked a ton about intuitive eating. This is kind of another avenue where you can really utilize the way that your body works, the way your biology works to really just enhance your life overall. All right, let's do this. Welcome to the Demand Growth Act Fearlessly podcast brought to you by Lauren Mayer and Jenna Lockhart. You guys, we are just two average girls who realize that the only way to truly live an exceptional life was to fight through our fears and never give up on our dreams. So when you hang with us, you're going to hear it all. The good, the bad, the the ugly, and everything in between. As our loyal listeners, you're going to be known as a DGA-effer, like don't give a or get it. <laughs> oh, but really, we want you to think about this because you're one of two types. You're either a DGA effer who doesn't realize the importance of living a life of growth or change, or you're a DGA effer who doesn't give a what it takes to reach your goals. Our hope is that we can turn you into the latter if you're not already there. This is the biology lesson that you should have gotten when you were learning about your period in middle school, in high school. 
if we as women would have been taught this side of everything and the magic that can happen when you're in tune with your cycle, we would have a very different perception. But I know for me personally, I grew up just thinking my period was a pain in the ass and it was something that was going to cause me pain once a week. I was going to feel like shit. I needed to get through it. And if I had it, it meant that I wasn't pregnant for that month. And please don't get pregnant. Like that was literally what I was taught as a kid. Yeah. I personally only remember from sex ed, this old woman taking the girls into a separate room. And then the boys went into a separate room with a, with a guy teacher. And the woman literally pulled out a pad. She pulled out a tampon And she was literally like, this is what you use if you start bleeding, which could happen soon. It was like, I don't even really remember anything from that class other than that. So I was mortified. Like, what is this woman doing? And she was like doing it on herself, like not actually putting the tampon in front of us, but she was like pretending to, and she's like, this is how you do it. Okay. Any questions? And I'm like, what? And I remember, I know this is a little story time before we dive into some details, I started my period um, at one of my friend's house and I was like mortified by it. I didn't know what to do. Um, I was using pads and I was running track. It was in middle school. I was running track and I learned how to use a tampon. That was the first time I learned was when I had to go to the bathroom because I was during my track meet. I had my period and I used the skinniest tampon they could make. And I finally figured out how to put it in because I had been struggling so bad for a while. And it was like, I just remember feeling like relieved that I learned how to do that. But then I was also frustrated. Like I have to keep doing this forever. Like this is bullshit. Why am I a woman? And I hated it. I know. I remember one of my first experiences um, because I was always taught only use pads. Like tampons are bad for you at this point in your life, which I I don't know why that was something that was, told to me, first of all, I was never uh, told that <laughs> I think just because of like the whole, if you leave a tampon in too long, it can cause issues. Like that whole thing was brought to my attention. So I was petrified. And then I went, it was over spring break. I will never forget this. I went to the beach with one of my good friends and her dad. It was the three of us that went and we're in Florida on spring break. And I started my period. And all I had ever used was a pad. And so I had to tell her dad that I started my period. He had to drive me to the store. I had to go buy tampons by myself. And then I had to come home. And my friend was like reading through the pamphlets with me, like trying to help me figure out how to put it in the two of us, like sitting there. I'm like, it was mortifying. Like it was awful, awful. And I also remember talking about the media aspect of things. I remember those magazines I used to get as a kid, it was like teen and 17. And I don't remember the rest of them, but I remember hearing like, like in, they had a section of the magazine that was like the, what's the worst thing that ever happened to you? What's the most embarrassing thing. And I remember hearing a story about, or reading something where a, a dad came and thought this, her, his daughter had a string hanging on her bathing suit. So he like pulled the string off of it to help her and like pulled her tampon out in front of like every single friend she had in the universe. And like that, I mean, clearly I'm in my mid thirties and that like has stayed with me this entire time. 
Oh my God, that would be, that's still more, that's so mortifying. So bad. But like growing up, that was, that's what I knew about my period. That was it. And I don't think that it's necessarily, I think it's a big problem with our education, honestly. And I say that because, you know, I'm a, I was a former teacher. I taught fifth and fourth and fifth grade. And when I taught fifth grade, I was that teacher in charge of teaching sex ed because I told all the parents, scheduled it in, this is when it's going to be. And then our nurse got bronchitis and backed out of it. But we'd already told everyone that it was happening. And like, I mean, you can't tell an 11 year old that they have sex ed and then take it away. Like it just doesn't happen. Cause right, no right. what you tell them, they're not going to listen to a damn word you say if it's not about sex ed, um, <laughs> you know, PG, whatever. So anyway, I just was handed this manual and I was told, read it word for word. And here's the PowerPoint you put up and same thing, boys and girls go into separate rooms. When we talk periods, like it was just so structured and so, so not what we need to be taught about our periods. No, it's a, it puts you in a very fear-based mindset around it. And there, I read somewhere that because the way that we have grown up with learning about our periods from sex ed, from adults, from whoever taught it to you, we believe that we are just meant to suffer and that this period is literally only here so that you can have a baby. And other than that, you are a woman. And unfortunately you have to suffer more than men do. So just get over it. Um, take some might all, use a heating pad and just don't get crazy on your period. Okay. Like that's, that's my perception of how it was for a really long time. Yeah. And you know, our eyes were originally opened to all of this when we started talking more about body image and what aspects of life really need to be healed and understood about yourself in terms of strengthening your, your body image and, and healing that aspect of your life. And that's where cycle syncing or, or your period really came into play for me, because I'm like, you know, if you think about it as a woman, you feel like shit the whole week you're on your period, like you're bloated, you're low energy, all that. But then you're bloated, like before your period, sometimes you're bloated at like, it's, it's all this stuff that we tend to just ignore and push through that all comes back to the way our body looks and feels and we don't feel quote unquote normal so then as a result our body image suffers we have bad body image days yeah understanding all aspects of your body and your mind and how you are working if you don't understand that and you are not utilizing the powerful resources that your body has that your mind has you're going to end up hating your body. You really, truly are. I mean, imagine, you know, comparing this to like, let's say you meet somebody, right? And you don't know anything about them. You don't really know much about them. And the only information you really, truly get about it is that, you know, it's going to be fine, but then this person's going to be really annoying. Um, They're going to probably like cuss you out occasionally um, for whatever reasons. And, you know, they're going to be like spitting in your face uh, once a month. Um, And then also like just giving you all this negative feedback. Like this is what this person's going to be. Are you going to like them? (laughs) No, probably not. 
No, it like starts, it just starts the relationship off wrong. And you almost don't even want to get to know them because you have this understanding that it's so bad. Why would you want to get to know them? And I feel like that's very relevant to our periods too. It's like, well, it's just this awful thing. I'm just going to take birth control so that I don't have to have a period. This is what doctors like, oh, just take birth control. That way you don't have to bleed. And that way you can you know, not experience your, your mood swings, which is also false. Cause you still experience mood swings on birth control, but it's just like, just mask it. It's, you know, it's this awful thing. And it's like, no wonder women don't like their bodies and don't like themselves. Cause this is the information they're being fed about themselves. Right. And we really just don't understand them. So, so we're here to help you understand it so that you don't have this perception that we've all been grow- growing up with. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So this talk today, we are talking to you if you are experiencing your menstrual cycles, meaning you're not on birth control or any kind of hormone or synthetic replacement, things like that. Um, And also if you're not postmenopausal. So we will do an episode geared toward what to do if you are postmenopausal, if you are on birth control and all of that. But this is really just to help you understand the basics of your menstrual cycle and how it can be used. Or if you're pregnant, obviously, but if you are pregnant and you obviously you're going to have your baby, if you decide to breastfeed, you won't probably have a cycle for a while, but if you're planning to have that cycle again, like you don't want to go on birth control after you have your baby. Um, and I think if you are on birth control, we're going to do an episode on birth control later. Um, this is still information you should know about your cycle, because I think once we educate more so on what birth control does to us, um, and also what the benefits are of having a cycle, you might decide that your cycle is something you want to have back. And if you are using birth control solely to prevent pregnancy, there are other ways to prevent pregnancy other than birth control. Yep. So, okay. We will get into that later. Okay. So let's dive into, we have two clocks. And we want to talk about the differences here. So let's talk about your circadian clock, first of all, because this is probably the one that you are most familiar with. And I know for me personally, I, I know about the circadian clock in terms of sleep. Like I've heard, you know, if your circadian rhythm gets off and all of that. So it's based on 24 hours, it goes along with the sun. So the rising and the setting of the sun, the interesting thing about this, and this was something I did not know before doing all this research, it's based on the natural male hormone cycle. So what that means is in the morning, the natural male hormones are highest. So testosterone is highest in the morning. And that is the time where if that hormone is the highest, that's like the most energy is present in the morning. And then throughout the day, energy tends to fall because those hormones are falling. And that's why for the male hormone cycle, it's by the time you get to the evening, it's like that time to just rest and recover and chill. Yes. Very different when we look at the female hormone cycle. Well, I think about my husband when I learned about this and when me and Jenna were really doing a lot of research, I was like, well, this makes a whole lot of freaking sense because every morning I come down from, you know, sleeping and my husband is answering emails and talking like, like doing like tedious work tasks at like 6 30 in the morning and busting his workout out. And I'm sitting here some days like, 
how are you looking at a computer screen right now? Like that makes me want to die. And he's just like, this is when I'm the most productive. This is when I can get all this shit done. And I'm like, hell no. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. So men, men wake up really feeling energetic most of the time. And that's the difference because, and when I say like, we're living in this man's world, it's because society expects women to also do that. And then we put these expectations on ourselves to wake up, have energy, be able to bust out a workout and do all this shit first thing in the morning. And when we wake up, like you said, Lauren, and we don't have that. And we're like, Oh man, I really don't feel like doing shit today. We beat ourselves up. We feel like a completely useless piece of shit because we're not feeling productive. And that is so important to understand because there's nothing wrong with you. It's normal. It's, it's your normal biology to have days like that. Well, this is what frustrates me about the self-help world or the professional development arena, because we've said this before, Jen and I used to be beach body coaches, gung ho members and you know, personal development was something that was shoved down our throats pretty hardcore and and not saying that wanting to improve yourself and wanting to learn things is bad. That's not what I'm saying. But the content that was pushed down our throats, read this book, read that, read that. I swear to you, Jenna, everything we read that would try to help us get more organized in our business and would help us be a more productive human being was this, was get your ass up check all this stuff off your to-do list, do all this stuff. But do you know what the interesting correlation was? What? Most of those books were written by men. They were written by men. You're right. And, And that is something to really pay attention to because I mean, like the 12 week year we read and we were like, we're going to organize our whole life and accomplish everything we could do in a year in 12 weeks. And, and Darren Hardy was someone I was like, gung-ho following, um, Dave Hollis, like all of these people that I was trying to fit myself into this productivity mold and show up and, and give, give, give and do, do, do and go, go, go. I don't have the same hormones as them. I don't have the same genetic makeup. Like it's not even possible. Yeah. I just remember reading that 10 X book where you 10 X everything. Oh my God. Like no wonder back when Jen and I were doing that, we were so stressed. Oh my gosh. But we were acting like we weren't. We were trying to pretend we weren't. I had, my eye was literally twitching like constantly. I was having like so many issues and we just thought we had to keep doing more, 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 and more. It was just our fault. We have to keep going crazy. Right. Well, and that's because everything that we're told, everything you're told about how to be less stressed and be less anxious is to get more organized, to get more structured, to get more planned, to get more systems in place. And that was what we bought into and we did it. And we, and we were so gung ho with our mat, this masculine energy of like, let's get shit done that it literally broke both of us. Well, and the one, I guess you could say system. I don't like that word, but we'll use it because you used it earlier. The one system we didn't have in place or didn't understand, not that we did, we did have it in place. We just didn't understand it was our cycle, right? Was already there. It was already in place. We just need to lean into it. We need to understand it. We need to utilize it, but we didn't, right? We ignored it. 
We did completely. So let's talk about the female cycle and what that looks like and what that means for you in your day-to-day life. So differences here in terms of hormones. So we're going to talk now about your infradian clock. So all women have this second clock that we typically ignore. We're not taught about this. We don't know about it. And it's a 28 day clock, anywhere from 28 to 35 days, really depending on your personal cycle. Um, There are apps where you can track your cycle that are really, really helpful. And that will give you more personal insight as to how long your cycle actually is. Um, But so the 28 to 35 days, and it follows the phases of the moon rather than following the rising and setting of the sun. So it's over a month basically. And it's all based on the, the female menstrual cycle. And what you need to know about your cycle is you actually have four phases. You have your menstrual when you're actually bleeding, follicular, ovulatory, and luteal. We're going to get into these a little bit more here in a second. But the basics here, you have some major hormones, estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone, and they naturally rise and fall throughout the 28 to 35 days. So it's not like the male hormone cycle where it's high in the morning, mid-level afternoon, low at evening. It's literally up and down depending on where you're at throughout a month. And that is why we wake up feeling different every day and we have different amounts of energy. And there's ways to utilize this, which we're going to talk about. But when you try to force yourself to feel the same and do the same shit every single day is when you completely get out of alignment and ignore this second clock. So think about for a second, you know, speaking from Jenna and I's experience, we used to work out, well, from my experience personally, when I was teaching, I also used to be a teacher. If you're new here and you don't know our past, I taught um, high school geometry for five years. And then I taught middle school algebra for one year. And we had to be at work at before 7am. Freaking hell. I can't believe I used to do that. Oh. I like have PTSD from this for you, just from knowing what you did. I never did this. Oh God. Okay. So I had to be at work before 7.00 (laughs) AM. I would get up. My alarm would go off at 3.50 AM Monday through Friday. And I would get up and I would be working out in my basement by four, four 15 in the morning. I would do a very strenuous workout. I would get ready for the day. And then I would go teach a bunch of high school kids math all freaking day long. And I would come home and take care of my kid. And I was, I'm surprised my body didn't completely just fail me. There was definitely signs that I ignored um, because I was beating myself up completely. Like I was doing way too much in a day and I was doing it every single day. And I'm not saying working out early is bad. It's not. There's some times during your, um, your cycle that maybe you are going to want to wake up and work out and do a hard workout. Like, I'm not saying that's bad at all, but doing that every single day, your body isn't built for that. Our our cycle is not built for that. So I was completely ignoring my cycle at that point. So when we're talking about living in flow with your 28 day cycle, we're talking about stop trying to wake up and do the same thing every single day. Because I know for a fact that if somebody's listening to this, they're like, how many times have you been in? <laughs> I'm just thinking beach body days I know. in a fitness group 
Okay. I, I bet you so many people listening have been in a stupid, I'm, I'm sorry, fitness group online. And they're like, okay, post your sweaty selfie in the morning, like gung ho about it. And you felt guilty because you were on your period or you were in your luteal phase and you were like dead tired and you really needed rest. And your workout that day was some hit crazy lifting thing, but really you just wanted to like stretch or just sleep. And now you're feeling bad about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about the groups we used to run and we would post daily check-ins every single day of the month because we had no idea about this. And it, it makes so much sense to me why people quit, yeah. why people quit those groups, why people quit beach body programs and not to mention a side effect, but mo- side note, whatever, most of the workouts that you hear about and you see are, are created based on the male hormone cycle. And men are the ones who are studied in all of the test groups with workouts for the most part, or it's women who are past their menstrual phase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they are menstruating, there tends to be this frustration of weight loss, not happening. I'm a failure. This isn't working for me. And it's like, no, listen, it's not. I mean, it is the workout program. The workout program is wrong for you. A hundred percent. It has nothing to do with you and you're not wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. And I know by living this way, we blame ourselves. Right. And so, so, you know, with talking about workouts for a second here, we actually have a free guide. We're going to link it in the show notes. If you want this, we go so much more in depth with this whole conversation, but it's all about workouts and how to utilize your cycle in terms of scheduling workouts in throughout the month. So like we said, we're not saying workouts are bad. I personally went through and you know, this is just right now. I don't know that I'm going to do this forever, but I just went through the beach body workouts. Cause it's what I still have access to. And I picked I, certain workouts to do during different phases of my cycle, depending on what I needed. And it's all based on this guide. So go grab that. If this conversation is intriguing to you, but you know, going back to the whole living and flow, there are ways to schedule your workouts and your food. I mean, we take an intuitive eating approach with food. Hopefully you are all, you know, that by this point, um, if you're new here, that's what we do. Uh, you can schedule your work schedule, parenting, motherhood, all this stuff should be structured around your cycle. And that's, what's going to really help you show up on the days that you do have energy and learn to be okay with the way that you're feeling on days where you don't have as much energy and creativity. Yeah. And I feel like, um, living by your cycle. And I know when I first learned about this, I had a little bit of a panic attack because I was like, Oh my God, this is something else I'm going to have to remember. And I'm going to have to track and I'm going to have to pay attention to. And what if I accidentally do a workout that was meant for my follicular phase, but I want to do it during my luteal. And I'm going to get in this crazy mindset. And it's just, this isn't going to work for me. I'm telling you, that was my first thought. I will be completely honest. But as I have learned more about it and the fact that Jen and I are super experts in intuitive eating and just intuitive lifestyle, you have to approach this as your cycle's happening anyways. Like it's happening. You just need to pay attention to how you're feeling. That's really it. Yes, you can track it on an app. There's an app called MyFlow. It's a great app. 
I highly recommend tracking it so that you know when you're ovulating, especially if you don't want to get pregnant, okay? Or if you do want to get pregnant, use that app as well. But knowing your cycle is smart. But this is where we need to get more in tune with what our bodies are telling us because you don't need to follow your app every single day and look at what phase you're in. You're going to know because by us educating you on how you feel during these phases, you're going to pick up on that. Like, oh, I actually feel like I have a lot more energy today. I wonder if I'm ovulating and check your app. Oh, oh, I'm almost ovulating. Like you're going to start, that's going to become more of a second nature thing. Yeah. At the beginning, there's a lot of learning because we haven't learned any of, we, we don't know this stuff. I mean, we weren't taught this in school, but I just wanted to give you that perspective because I know, especially if you're someone like me who has really struggled with just getting too obsessed with stuff, <laughs> taking things to the extreme. I'm the extreme person. Um, you might be feeling, feeling that, but this is a very intuitive approach. I just want to stress. Yeah. Stress. Yeah, it really is. It's going to help you really break that all or nothing mentality just to really help you get in tune with yourself. So let's just go through all four phases real quick. Um, brief overview here. So let's start menstrual phase when you're actually on your period and you're bleeding. That's where all of your hormones are at the lowest. And that means your energy is going to be low because those hormones are low. So it's a good time to just rest, recover, chill out, and really prioritize not doing much and being okay with that. And I think, you know, we, as, as a society, we tend to just power through and push through and, and keep going during that time. We're lazy. We think we're lazy if like, you know, we need to sleep more. Right. You know, maybe you need to, you know, not wake up <laughs> early during your menstrual phase and sleep a little bit longer. And maybe this is a time where, you know, if you are at home and you have kids like we do, and you have somebody there to help you like a spouse or a partner or somebody asking them like, Hey, listen, I'm on, this is my menstrual phase. I'm on my period. I really need to prioritize sleep. I need a nap for like an hour. Okay. And that's hard. It's hard to ask for that stuff. I know. But when you understand your cycle and you also are communicating that to those that are the closest around you, um, you're not going to feel as guilty taking that time. Right. You won't. Right. And it's really important to stress that when your hormones are the lowest and you're on your period and having those, that stuff, we understand there's some aspects of your life that you can't put on hold. Like you're going to have to, like, maybe you have a presentation at work or something during that time. What you can do is balance that out with more self-care during that time. So take a nap, order takeout and give yourself a night off cooking dinner, uh, just little things that, you know, okay, I'm going to have to exert way more energy here than I probably should. So what can I take off my plate just for this week? I love and, that example of getting takeout. I would like, not too many people would think about that. Like, yeah. Oh, I have a presentation. Oh, I had to take care of my kids all day. So now I'm going to try to cook dinner. It's like, well, what can we eliminate here to help you? Because you're in this phase. Yeah. Like maybe that's pizza night or something or a DoorDash night, like whatever. And, or eat off plastic silverware. So you don't have to do dishes. Like just that in itself would be a good way to just combat against that energy exertion that you don't really have. Such a great example. I loved it. Uh, yeah. So then after your menstrual phase, you start your follicular phase. So it's like seven to 10 days and that's where your hormones are starting to rise. So you're starting to get more energy. And if you pay attention after your period, you probably notice that your energy is coming back up. Well, do you ever notice like 
you know, your period comes and you might be feeling some type of way. Most of the time when we're feeling really like irritable and angry, it's because we're not prioritizing like sleep and we're trying to do way too much. So that's where people can be like, you're being a bitch right now. And it's like, well, I'm on my period. And that's where that conversation comes from. But do you notice like when your period's over and you enter into this next phase, you're like, wow, I was really crazy. Like, what was I doing? And it's like, yeah, you weren't prioritizing anything for that phase. So no wonder you were going off the handle. Right. Right. Absolutely. Understanding your hormone cycle is huge. Mm -hmm. So after your follicular phase, those seven to 10, 10 days, you start your ovulatory phase or ovulation. It's only three to four days, but this is like your magic time. It's where like things that what I've noticed for myself, things that might take me a really long time to do in other phases, I can like bust out like no other, like I can communicate better. I, it, it just comes so much more naturally to me to, to do these tasks and to be social and all this stuff. Whereas then I beat myself up during other times when I'm trying to do those things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel, sure. the same. I feel the same way. Like if you're in your menstrual phase and you are trying to communicate something to your spouse, about something that's pissing you off, it's probably gonna come off wrong. <laughs> yeah, wait till you're ovulating and try that conversation again. Seriously. Yeah, take note, say I need to discuss this with so-and-so because this is bothering me and maybe if it can wait, save it for the ovulatory time, yep. Yeah, and side note here, but if you have control over your work schedule, anytime that you have like a big presentation or something to communicate, schedule it during your ovulation and it's going to go so much smoother. You're able to schedule meetings with clients or like, let's say you're in charge of scheduling meetings. Like you work in a school or something of that nature. Hey, if I'm in charge, I'm going to plan it when it's best for moi. Yep. Yep. And that's because your hormones are all at their highest peak. So then well, estrogen and testosterone are their highest peak, I should say. Then your luteal phase comes after your ovulatory phase. And this is like 10 to 14 days. So almost two weeks. And during the first half, this is where estrogen and testosterone are still high. Progesterone is rising. So that's a good time. You're still going to have energy during that time, but you're going to notice by the second half of your luteal phase, all of those hormones are decreasing. So your energy is going to start to decrease as well, because you're getting ready for your, your bleed again. And I know for me, my luteal phase, that second half, I am so testy. Like I just don't say the wrong thing to me. Like just stay out of my way. And that's since having Maeve, my daughter. And it's been interesting because I actually started talking to a therapist um, when she was, I don't know, seven months old, six months old, something like that. And I had started like journaling the things that were really coming up for me. And the one day I journaled like eight pages and sent it all to her. And I felt like a complete fucking psycho and started my period like two days later. And I was like, oh my God, that's why. Like, thank God. Like, this isn't me. This is my hormones. This is me not paying attention. And this is me trying to push through and do all this shit that I shouldn't be doing during this phase. So it, it's seriously life-changing when you can learn to listen. And like Jenna said, there's going to be times where you may not be listening because we're humans. 
right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to be this perfect robot that's listening to their cycle 24 seven and doing everything that they should be doing during each phase. Like that's not going to happen. We're human beings. Okay. But like for Jenna being, being able to acknowledge it and say, oh, I'm in my second half of my luteal phase. This typically happens when I'm not prioritizing self-care. So right now I can start prioritizing self-care or take note of that for the next time. So like I said, if you are somebody like me and even Jenna in the past where we've been super like all or nothing, perfectionist, crazy people, um, we don't want you to take this that way. We want you to understand that you are human and that you are not a robot, but this is to help you become more self-aware and experience less stress, less burnout, and less overwhelm. We're not saying it's going to be eliminated completely. Um, you are still going to have times where you might feel stressed. You're going to still have times maybe you feel overwhelmed, but you have the power now to check in and see where you're at and then say, oh, this makes sense. And then you can consciously schedule in something to help release that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the biggest goal with this is to shorten the time it takes you to recover from those negative feelings and those negative emotions, because we're still going to always have them, but just understanding them and knowing what you can do to help you pivot back. That's where you really start to live in flow and just understand yourself better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. All right. So, so much more to come. We have plans to record episodes and share so much with you. We want to talk about how cycle syncing, that's what this process is called, can really help you improve your exercise. And we got into that a little bit here, but how it works with food, how we can actually take your work life and schedule all of it around your cycle, how we can schedule motherhood around your cycle so that you're not feeling so stressed and anxious and guilty and overwhelmed and just exhausted with yeah. your life. When you can even use your cycle to help improve your sex life. <laughs> yeah. I haven't gotten there yet, but we will be getting there at some point. But that <laughs> is something that you can definitely utilize because you are more sexual during specific times. There's all kinds of good information. And so whatever seems interesting to you, let us know. If that's interesting, we will let you know some good resources to read about that because Jenna and I are not experts on the sex part. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Maybe one day. Listen, y'all, one step at a time, okay? Y'all, little kids can really do some damage there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to motherhood. Love you. I love my husband. I love you, babe. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're gonna, this is a perfect segue to just stop talking. So we're gonna do that and we will see you next week.